0: Occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder.
1: Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. (laughs) This is episode 41. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses on... Today! What are you talking about today, Kate? I, today, will be talking about Charles C. Morgan, which is a government conspiracy theory
0: thing-ish. That sounds terrifying. I hope the government do not come for us. I'm talking about the man from Torred, which is a similar kind of thing. Not really, though. It's a mystery, is what I'm trying to say. A mystery that could be a conspiracy. I think you'll have some good ideas on it. Almost inevitably. This will be a mysterious episode. It will be mysterious, even more so because I'm going first for once. I know, right? I finally said to Kate, I think I'm tired of hearing my own voice. And And I I said, said, me too. (laughs) And everyone else said, please. (laughs) But before I let you speak, I have to speak some more because I have a piece of weird news for you. Do tell. Weird spooky news. And that is that customers in Tokyo can have a coffin and chainsaw experience to relieve the stress of coronavirus. Sorry. Before I tell you what that is, I want you to guess.
1: Um, I'm imagining, right, okay. Tokyo residents put in a glass coffin and then chainsaws are lowered slowly and then the a- adrenaline and anxiety they get from that makes
0: them be like, Corona who? Basically, yeah. What? <laughs> you are basically right, yeah. Basically, basically, again, to just... <laughs> Basically, basically, <laughs> basically to right. tell you. So get this. The concept is that you lie in a six and a half foot coffin with a glass window on the top of it and you listen to a horror story. And as you're doing that out of the window, you can see actors perform a scary story in front of you with props and stuff. And the aim is to give people relief from the current stresses of the world by making them scream. So yeah, you're pretty much right. Oh the my shows goodness. are 15 minutes long. They cost 800 yen, which is the equivalent of about six pounds or eight dollars. So not a lot. And sometimes they'll even poke you with a fake hand or squirt water onto you while you're in your little coffin. That's horrendous. You wouldn't do it? No. I am claustrophobic, so that would not be nice for me. Yeah, a bit bit spooky. But I can't believe you got that right. Me neither, honestly. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know? There's only so
1: far you can go wrong with a coffin and chainsaw experience.
0: Can't think about a pandemic when you're thinking about chainsaws. That's true.
1: I don't think it's the best way to go about it, but
0: anyway is anything (laughs) i'll move on let's talk
1: about some mysteries so my sources are unsolved.com arizona daily star unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com all that's interesting.com investopedia.com chaptercapistrano.com dmt-nexus.me buzzfeed unsolved explainingthebook.com and wikipedia that's a lot of sources well a lot of them were just for like little things that i'll be telling you about that's fair enough i have like four maybe (laughs) Alright, here's hoping that this doesn't get me put on some form of government list. Charles Curtis Morgan, born in 1938, was a successful businessman living in Tucson, Arizona, with his wife Ruth and two daughters and dog whose name I couldn't find.
0: No, you want to name the the dog's name?
1: Uh, no, I feel like I shouldn't name the dog. Okay, Chippy, the dog. (laughs) This is March 22nd, 1977. So Charles or Chuck, as he will be known for the rest of the episode, would have been 39. That's not a my decision, by the way. He enjoyed to be called Chuck.
0: Right, okay. You weren't just being like, mm, <laughs> I wasn't like Charles, that's too long.
1: Chuck, yes.
0: We're on that kind of name basis
1: now, <laughs> me and Chuck. He was president of his own escrow agency, which everyone on the internet seems to know what it is, but for everyone that doesn't, like I didn't, it's basically when a third party holds money for other people that are trying to embark on an exchange until both people have signed their contracts. Okay. So, March 22nd, Chuck gets up. Ruth, presumably, I don't know, packs him a nice sandwich and a banana and kisses him goodbye. He drops his daughters to school and goes off to work. Was the banana written in the sources or did you just... No, no. I (laughs) ad-libbed. He wasn't heard from again for three days. So Ruth's obviously pretty worried. Phones the police, gets in touch with colleagues, nothing. Then, in the early hours of March 25th, she hears a thump at the back door. The dog starts barking, sorry, Chippy starts barking, so she goes to investigate. She crept downstairs, opened the door, and found her husband, Chuck. He's alive. He only had one shoe on, and plastic handcuffs on his arms, and around one ankle. Upon seeing Ruth, he motioned to his throat without saying anything. Ruth asked, can you talk? He shook his head. So she said, can you write? And he nodded. She got a pen and paper and he wrote that his throat was coated in a hallucinogenic drug that could drive him mad or destroy his nervous system and kill him if he ingested it.
0: That's terrifying, but I really admire that she was immediately just like, can you talk to me? How do we communicate what's happening? Rather than immediately sort of, I'm sure she was panicked, but well, almost inevitable. oh definitely but I mean she seemed like she handled it pretty well yeah right I really admire Ruth throughout this whole story to be honest that was smart I think I would have just been screaming <laughs> the whole time <laughs> I come home and Abby's
1: just absolutely hysterical I'm like wait wait. obviously I can't speak so I'm just trying to motion to you to calm the hell down and you're just screaming nonstop. the kids are awake the dogs are mess what what kids do I have well, Ruth had two kids if she would started yelling. True, yeah. After having a look around the internet, I couldn't really find a hallucinogenic drug that fit the description. The only one I could think of was DMT, or N-dimethyltryptamine, as it's not so commonly known. Its effects last between 15 and 45 minutes and can cause hallucinations, out-of-body experiences, increased heart rate and increased blood pressure, dizziness, nausea, vomiting, and feelings of fear. The issue I had when thinking that's what Chuck had been given is that it's not used as a liquid or a cream. so how would it be on his throat? When looking deeper into the corners of the internet, there's someone who um, enjoys the use of DMT. and they had extracted some because it's from a plant and instead of freebasing it, kept it in a dropper with ethanol. be used as a liquid and it apparently worked creative so I suppose it's possible but I don't know if it works on your skin or whether you have to ingest it I don't know
0: I'm sorry I wanted to I wanted to say something
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Abby and I normally go first I haven't spoken in a while so just let me have this I'm still here DMT although very potent only lasts a short while as I said but the feelings of confusion, paranoia, and fear can stay around for weeks because it causes serotonin syndrome. While he was writing that he'd been kidnapped, Ruth offered to phone the police or the hospital, as you would, but Chuck forced her not to, writing that if she did so, the whole family would be targeted. Oh my god. Ruth didn't contact anybody and nursed him to health herself through feeding him with an eyedropper. Wow. Yeah. And making sure that he rested, obviously. Chuck eventually regained his voice and asked her to move his car. When she inquired why he couldn't do it, he said they would see him and know he was back home. That's immediately terrifying. Yeah, right? Your husband just regains his voice and he's like, they'll see me. And I'm like, what? Nope. Lock the doors, honey. When asked who he meant by they, he just said that his captors... He just said that he meant his captors, who were near Phoenix's Sky Harbour Airport. Then, over the next few days, he basically told Ruth that he was a United States Treasury agent, and that they had taken his Treasury information. What is that? The A secret agent for the Treasury. The Treasury? Yeah. They Okay, so originally... The US Secret Service was created on July 5th, 1865, to catch counterfeiters. Then in 1867, it broadened its horizons to detect people perpetrating frauds against the government. So it was just solely money, and then it broadened its horizons. Right, okay. The Secret Service remained a part of the Treasury all the way up to 2003, and only then did it become a part of the Department of Homeland Security. Thank you for that. It's fine. I was really confused as well. I was like, why they need secret services for money. (laughs) The secret money. It's probably also a good time to mention that Chuck was also a potential witness in a state land fraud case involving a well-known crime boss in the area. Possibly, yeah. Nobody's sure if he was really a treasury agent, but he had definitely done real estate escrow work for the Ned Warren and Joe Bonanno families who were involved in organised crime. He also possibly helped them buy platinum, which is a more convenient way to launder money, apparently. Okay. I know very little of money laundering. Yeah, I was just going
0: to say I don't really have like a list of the most efficient ways to launder money. <laughs> well, I guess it would make sense because
1: platinum's really expensive. Yeah, So sure. Ruth knew nothing of this, though. All Chuck told her over the years was that money laundering was a thing that happened sometimes in his line of work. And if she asked for more information, he would just say, the less the girls and you know, the better off you will be.
0: That's such a sketchy thing to be doing. Right. To be saying to people. Right. If I was like living with my partner and they were like, you can't know what I do properly. I'd freak out. I don't think, I think that would be a red flag for me. You do? I think it's just kind of a scary idea because it's like, what do you do?
1: You could be doing anything. You could yeah. be a bin man Or you could be a hit man Right
0: You could be both A bin man hit man Yeah No one
1: suspects the refuse workers
0: In the morning Just <laughs> Killing two birds with one stone Literally Killing
1: two birds with one bin Whoa. Anyway From here on out Chuck was super paranoid As you would be If you'd just been kidnapped He grew out a beard And wouldn't let his kids Wouldn't let his kids out alone He he let them out I promise <laughs> He made sure he was the only one to drive his daughters to and from school, with the exception of Ruth, sometimes. And he started to wear a bulletproof
0: vest. Wow. That's some fear out there.
1: Yeah. He started to worry he would be kidnapped again, and said that if he ever went missing, he would leave a letter telling everyone who was responsible for it. It's good to note here that the reason there was so much organised crime and money laundering in this area was because there was a state law that you could basically buy up a bunch of land with the state not having to know who you are. So the only people to know your name would be the escrow agent involved.
0: Okay, that doesn't feel like a very good idea. Well, I
1: yeah, it wasn't obviously because everyone was <laughs> then <laughs> becoming involved in organized crime and money laundering. So hence if you were an escrow agent dealing with the mafia families buying land, you were at big risk because only you knew who they were. Then, two months after the first kidnapping, Chuck disappeared again. He was planning on going to work and then attending a Masonic meeting that evening. He hadn't ever turned up to work. Nine days later, Ruth received a phone call. It was a female caller who would only say, Ruthie? When Ruth confirmed it was her, the lady said, Chuck is all right." Ecclesiastes 12, 1-8 Then the line went dead. Well, that's cryptic. Yeah. The passage basically means serve God before you grow old and die. Spooky. Yeah. Obviously, it's longer than that and written in much more complicated terms. Yeah. (laughs) Two days after that, the 18th of June, 1977, Chuck's corpse was found. Oh, no. Around 40 miles west of his home. The cause of death? A bullet wound. Now, you may be thinking, why wasn't he wearing his bulletproof Bulletproof vest? vest. He was. Whoa. Where was the bullet wound? He'd been shot in the back of his head. Damn. The murder weapon was his own gun. Oh my god. And he'd been shot at close range. There were no fingerprints on the gun. That's stealthy. The investigators searched his car and found a few sets of handcuffs, Several weapons, a bunch of ammunition, one of his own teeth wrapped in a tissue, a pair of sunglasses that his wife claims were not his, and directions to his crime scene written in his handwriting.
0: This is going to stress me out. I can feel it. It's getting too strange. Why was his (laughs) tooth there?
1: I don't know. Wow. His car had been modified so that it could be unlocked from the fender, which british people know as the wing of a vehicle when his body was searched investigators found that he had a knife and a holster on him and a two dollar bill pinned to his underwear on the bill were seven spanish names written on the front as well as ecclesiastes 12 1 to 8 what the hell no way on the back of the bill the signers of the declaration of independence were numbered 1 to 7 and there was a roughly drawn map to an area between Tuscan and Mexico, to the towns of Robles, Junction, and Salacity, I believe is how you say those, sorry, which were both well known for smuggling.
0: Interesting.
1: Shortly after this, the woman that had phoned Ruth made herself known to police as Green Eyes. Green Eyes. She said that Chuck had met with her before his death and showed her a briefcase stocked to the brim with money and said he was trying to buy off a hitman who had been hired to kill him. It was a $90,000 hit that escalated daily by $5,000.
0: Oh my god. I feel like I'm so annoying because I just keep saying the same thing, but like (laughs) I don't know how to react to this. Police investigated
1: and found that they had met because they saw the CCTV footage. Ruth said that it must be the truth when asked if she thought, oh, sorry. And when asked if she thought he was having an affair, she said she knew he wouldn't do it. Hmm. Then Chuck's impounded car was broken into and ransacked while in police po- possession. And they still couldn't find out who did it. Nope. His office was also ransacked. Then, a few weeks after police had found the body, two FBI agents turned up to Root's home. She said, They opened and closed their identification very fast. They said they wanted to come in and look through the house. They never said what they were looking for, and to this day I still don't know what they were looking for. They completely tore the house apart, then left. No, that wasn't FBI.
0: No one knows if they were really FBI agents. Probably not. That was the thing they do in the movies, where they just do it real quick so Mm -hmm. that you don't don't notice it's fake.
1: She was obviously distraught because her husband died, so she didn't ask for their names.
0: Fair enough, yeah.
1: And the FBI, when asked, so one of the journalists asked, um, with the Freedom of Independence Act, if they knew anything. Like, and They claimed they'd never even heard of Chuck. Yeah. Wow, I wonder who this could be. Anyway, no one needs to worry, because the police department just ruled it as a suicide. Now, correct me Aww. if I'm wrong, but not only is it hard to shoot yourself in the back of the head, then surely it would be harder to wipe your fingerprints off afterwards. Probably, you'd think. And that is all of the information on Charles C. Morgan.
0: What? No, come on, you have to have more than that. That's it. How are we supposed to discuss this at all? <laughs> That's it. What's, what? That is it. Who was it? <laughs> I don't know. No one
1: knows. What are your ideas? Could it be legit that he was meeting up with a hitman and trying to pay him off and then the hitman just killed him and took the money?
0: But who is... Why will, Who's hiring a hit on him? Any of the mob he, bosses? Yeah, I guess, I guess if he works in a shady business and yeah, that seems likely actually. Damn, that's a really frustrating thing. I was really hoping there'd be more.
1: Mm-hmm. How
0: scary do you think it is? Five. Five? <laughs> yeah, there. why was his tooth all wrapped up like that? And there was ba- Bible passage, and then there's nothing. I'm going to reopen this case myself. Do it. Any ideas? No. <laughs> um, no. He was... <laughs> See, the Hitman thing seems very legit. I feel like that would make sense, because... I'm short of other answers mostly. But also, I don't really understand why the hitman will go to such great lengths to make everything so cryptic. Well, see,
1: people on the internet think that it was a suicide and he killed himself because he was having an affair and that he went to great lengths to kind of like hoax
0: everyone, you know? But who would do that? I
1: don't know. If you're
0: going to, realistically, if you're going to be having an affair, and you want you want to commit suicide, mm-hmm. you would be dead afterwards. And I understand that you wouldn't want your your wife or your family to be hurt, but surely it would just be easier to go about it like that. Also, his fingerprints weren't on the gun, and he shot himself in the back of the head. That doesn't seem very likely. You'd have to get somebody else to do it, in which case, even if he uh, you know, said that he wanted to do it, it would still be somebody else. Also, why was he wearing a bulletproof vest casually? Well, yeah, that's what the journalists were saying. They were like... If I was going
1: to commit suicide, I would not drive to the middle of the desert wearing a bulletproof vest, shoot myself in the back of the head. What sense does that make? Rip my tooth out? Put Absolutely it in a napkin?
0: Non. Whose I, sunglasses were they? I guess he could have had some issues, some stability issues, but it just doesn't seem
1: very likely. Well, I think maybe if it was that drug, DMT, then that interacts poorly with some like antidepressant medication or maybe antipsychotic medication and he if we're looking at it from a psychology point of view he ticks the boxes for quite a few symptoms of schizophrenia if you're thinking that maybe he doesn't you know maybe none of this was real maybe he was just having hallucinations and was acting in a very deluded manner he's very paranoid those kind of things maybe he had some dmt and it just reacted negatively and then for the next few weeks but it was months later that he died
0: i think my problem really is just the the logistics of it because even if you were having this many issues to the point where you were incredibly paranoid and all of this other stuff and maybe you were leaving cryptic clues who is calling you and then how do you get shot in the back of the head in the middle of the desert that just doesn't seem yeah. Th- that doesn't really seem possible. And you wouldn't have enough time to, like, take a glove off and hide it if you're going to kill yourself and leave no fingerprints if you were shooting yourself in the back of the head. No, that wasn't a suicide. <laughs> no way. But I don't know what it could be. I don't know why there are so many clues. It's, it's crazy.
1: So we've got mob boss slash hitman and a suicide, possibly, as ideas. That's it. Cult. Occult. Fair. Fair enough. Purely because of the
0: uh, Bible passage Mm -hmm. and the tooth and the dollar bill two dollar bill because I don't see why you would do that if you were just a hitman. Why would you bother? Surely if you're a hitman you don't want people to try and find you anyway so you don't leave any evidence and you just move on. You wouldn't leave all of these weird cryptic clues and your sunglasses yeah true as far as i know
1: though because some people said that it was the freemasons but fair enough that doesn't tie in with what i know of how they would murder someone if they were going to do that but you can't talk about that yeah
0: (laughs) yeah We'll just leave it at that.
1: (laughs) A spooky ending to this. Let's get more cryptic. Spooky story. Did
0: you kill this guy?
1: (laughs) It was me. Spoiler. It wasn't. It wasn't. No, it wasn't, obviously. Just to be real. (laughs) For legal purposes. (laughs) Because I'm paranoid. It was not me.
0: That is wild. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe a cult, maybe a hitman. I feel like I'll never get to the end of it. So let's just leave it at that. Unless you have anything else to add to that. Nope, that's it let us know what you think if you have any ideas whatsoever (laughs) over on social medias what are those? they are at MitsMagicPard on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter though we'll interact with you more if you talk to us on Facebook and Instagram we also have (laughs) what? you par off Twitter so much I don't know how to use it we also have (laughs) Patreon if you are interested in supporting us on there that's how we fund the show and the equipment and everything else so thank you to everyone who already supports us on there and you can do that at patreon.com forward slash MidsMagic murder yeah and we don't have a tier
1: system like some people do over on patreon so you can pay us as much or as little as you want it can be less than spotify more than a cup of coffee whatever you want a month And if you have any haunted happenings, terrifying tales, or spooky stories, you should email those over to us at midsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Awesome. You want to get right into it?
0: So my story this week is The Man from Torrid, which I'm kind of excited to talk to you about because it did get me into sort of urban legends and mysteries when I first read it a few years back. And I think you might have some... Ideas on it, maybe. This starts in 1954 in a Tokyo airport, mm-hmm. which is interesting because my beginning story was also in Tokyo. Some weird things are going on in Tokyo is the moral of this story. My intro story last week was in Tokyo. Tokyo, you guys are spooky. The hub of scariness. So my sources are ancientorigins.net, newsnationtv.com, anomalyinfo.com, obscureurbanlegend.fandom.com, and everythingmaybe.fandom.com.
1: Those sound like very credible sources.
0: (laughs) Well, it isn't... We'll get to it. I can't... I don't want to give anything away. Okay. So, yeah, it's 1954 in a Tokyo airport. A neatly dressed, middle-aged Caucasian man made his way to the security at Hanenda Airport Customs with the other passengers. When asked by customs officials where he was from, the man casually said that he was from Turid. He seemed incredibly normal, but officers were obviously suspicious since he'd just stated a non-existent place. So they told him, Torred isn't a real country, where are you actually from? And he got kind of angry and confused and showed them his passport, which clearly stated his country of origin as Torred. The passport looked very genuine, it even had many stamps that showed his previous business travels to Japan and other countries, so it was obviously a pretty legit passport. Mm -hmm. The mysterious man explained that Torred is a country on the border between France and Spain, and that he was having a business meeting with a company in Japan, and he'd reserved a hotel. So obviously the airport staff called up the company, said they had never heard of him, and the hotel did not have any reservations under his name. He was frustrated, as he'd been to to Japan many times before for business, and although his native language was French and he appeared European, he was also able to speak Japanese fluently. He was brought into a room for questioning and he was asked to point on a map where Torred was. He instantly and without hesitation pointed to the tiny country of Andorra and the border of France and Spain. He then became shocked and annoyed when he discovered that Torred was not on the map. He said that the country had existed for a thousand years, and it should have been on the map, and just demanded to speak to government officials. He said he couldn't understand why they were having this sort of problem, as it was his third year in a row travelling to Japan on behalf of his company. The airport could also not find any evidence of the company the man had claimed to work for. The man was detained by customs overnight because they were like, we don't know what to do with you, basically. Yeah, we can't let you in because we have no idea who you are or where you're from. Yeah, we need to contact Torrid and we don't even know what what that is. So their plan was to sort of keep him as comfortable as possible overnight while they interrogated and sort of investigated this mystery. And the immigration officials guarded the exit, which was the only exit to the door, so that he could not escape. Dinner was served at his room, and he was finally able to sleep after the intense day that he'd had. The next morning, official came to his room to discuss the matter further, but the man and any of his stuff was completely gone. There was no trace of him. Wow. The only other exit from the room was a small window with no ledge that overlooked a busy street and he was never heard from or seen again kind of like he just disappeared. Wow. You like that? So this story is from the book The Directory of Possibilities from Colin Wilson and John Grant which is a book on phenomena, fundamentalism and theological studies published in 18 sorry, published in 1981. So this isn't just like an internet story that kind of spread around but obviously it was posted on the internet afterwards. That's crazy. The book evaluates the plausibility of unusual events, the occult and modern science, and it credits multiple sources for its story, including Paul Begg's book, Into Thin Air. And the story was also discussed in Japanese newspapers and occult magazines. And that was all until this year, funnily enough. Like, when I'd heard about this story, there was, that was it, there was nothing else. Mm-hmm. But this year, people found a 1960s Vancouver news article. I don't know what newspaper it was. It was like, you know, the small little articles they have on the side, yeah. rather than a page. Mm-hmm. And it's called "The Man with His Own Country," and it says that a man called John Allen Kuchar Zegrus wanted to travel around the world and impress officials, so he invented a nation, a capital, a people, and a language, and sort of recorded it all on a passport which he made himself. And John claimed to be a naturalist Ethiopian and intelligence agent from Taman Raset, the capital of Tuared. It's like not actually Tuared, it's spelt different. Right. So it's not exactly the same. And that that's the south of the Sahara. And that he was able to travel throughout the Middle East without anybody noticing that this wasn't a real place. And if they doubted him, they were told to read the pro- uh, proclamation. Proclamation? Mm-hmm beneath the national stamp and that was basically just gibberish. It meant nothing in any language but people believed it. However, when he tried to enter Japan they were like looking at maps about where this place was and they found it to be a faker. Oh. So obviously people were like this is just a corrupt agent we finally found the answer to this story. However, if you research the man's names there are literally zero results. There are no other articles about this it's just this one newspaper which is obviously still really weird it's like there are no real answers and obviously there are differences between the article and the story so just the place name the man leaving mysteriously his passport saying that he'd been to japan with different stamps and stuff in it also the problem with this story as a whole is that absolutely none of the sources are credible yeah so there isn't any credible stories for him being not this guy john Or equally, there isn't any credible sources because you can't trust this one newspaper article because there isn't anything else. That's crazy. Yeah, it could have been a government agent who faked an entire city. But if it was, why did I have to dig so deep to find one Canadian newspaper screenshot? I think what's frustrating is that it isn't even... You know
1: the awful magazines that we've got here that's like, help A crocodile is my son. I love those. Yeah, but like, it's not even from those. You my know, dog is my It's Yeah. Like,
0: yeah, it's a fairly credible newspaper. It was a newspaper. I think there might have been a British speech about it, but it said the exact same thing as the news article, so I think the article was kind of the OG. Wow. But equally, that's still not credible. It's not like it was a main thing, and here's a sources, and here's a photo of him. It was just... A really casual, oh, this guy tried to get into Japan and they told him no and arrested him. Maybe no
1: one else saw fit to write about it. Maybe. Maybe. it's one of those things that just, you know, maybe there was better news to be writing about. But in Vancouver, they were like, we'll do that.
0: Well, it was still a few years afterwards. That's, yeah. Like 10 years. So it could be that guy. On the other hand, it could be, you know, a paranormal event, but the books that it was from are equally not really as credible because, there, again, are no sources, there's no photos. Mm. So I guess we'll just talk about some theories instead. Mm-hmm. So the first one, obviously, is that it's a hoax. It's yeah. just made up for fun. Yeah. Uh, there's also the idea that John, the guy who was the corrupt agent, was this guy and whether that story is true or not was definitely like they're linked if that makes sense because mm-hmm. that could just be a separate thing obviously on the more exciting hand it could be that he was a time traveler a lot of theater people think that that he arrived from a time when torah did exist and at some point in the future it will again exist and he might have done this to just mess with people or he might have done it by accident mm-hmm. my problem with that theory is that if you came back from a uh, thousands of years into the yeah, future everything else would be way different. Yeah, like if you weren't doing it for a laugh. I mean, first of all, why would you? Because you just have to sit like, in like I'm going to mess with them in 2000 or whatever,
1: 1980,
0: something 1954. Yeah. If you're from the year 4000 <laughs> and you accidentally came back to 1954, surely you wouldn't just be like, "Wow, Japan's really behind on the times." Yeah, right? You would realize Maybe not. Maybe I don't know. there's sort of a slip. You know, like the Mandela effect? That's my next theory, which is my personal favourite theory. Okie okay, dokie. Okay. Is that he was an interdimensional traveller from a different dimension, sort of a parallel universe, mm-hmm. and that he somehow sort of slipped and ended up here. And that in that dimension, Andorra is Torred, which could make some sense as to why he was so confused and angry and then why he suddenly disappeared. He could have just fell back into his sort of parallel universe.
1: What would seem weird about that, though, is that there aren't more stories like this, and also that everything else in his universe was exactly
0: the same apart from Torad. I mean, there are a few stories where people claim to be from places that don't exist. I didn't write them down. Maybe we could talk about it on Patreon or something. Yeah. Because I didn't know, I didn't want to confuse you, because this is already confusing as it is. smooth brain, (laughs) like koala. Yeah, I I didn't want to confuse you, so I was like, we'll just leave it as that. But they aren't all as intense as this one. It's just people who are in cities and are like, oh, will you help me get to a place that doesn't exist? That's where I'm from, you know? Mm. So you don't really know. But he could have also thought other things and just didn't say them. Maybe that version of Japan is the same, but... In this universe, we don't have, I don't I don't even know, crisps. Yeah. And he just didn't notice, or he didn't mention it because it wasn't important. Yeah, but it seems weird that there's no
1: fundamental
0: difference apart from Thorad. Well, if you think about it, there are probably millions of parallel universes. I imagine some of them are very similar to ours, in that a few things are just different. That's kind of the concept of the Mandela Effect, isn't it? I imagine in some parallel universes... It's completely different, and you have four children or something. And then in some parallel universes, everything's the same except you're left-handed. You know, not everything's just you. the same except Tuscan
1: is Tuscan.
0: Everything's the same except I can't think of anything.
1: <laughs> What's the one the Bernstein bears that everyone d- talks about?
0: I don't even know who they are. It's because it's, it's an American concept, and we don't really have that here. Oh. Baronstein. I don't know what it is. Maybe we should do an episode on that, but or like a soda or something. But either way, yeah, it could just not be that intense in some That's really areas. interesting. So maybe uh it also could just be an urban legend because there are yeah. no sources and I think most people think that that's what it is, but yeah. either way, I think it's still fun to think about. Okay. Hit me up with the scale. All right. Scare scale. What do you think?
1: It's not scary. No? No. It's not. It's really interesting. I love the story, but it's not very scary. What do you think? As in ideas?
0: No, like what, what number on the scare scale? Oh, like one. One? Yeah. All right, danger. One. What if you can't get back to your reality?
1: Well, it's not that dangerous, though, because you're still
0: there. All right, likelihood that this happened, it isn't an urban legend. This is a thing that existed. I'm going to go halfway. Okay, two and a half. Yeah,
1: because I don't see why it couldn't have happened, really. Because I don't think time is a line. I think it's more flexible than that. Because I do believe in things like the Mandela effect, and things are confusing. Why would this be the only reality? This is a topic for another day. But oh, yeah, I could talk about this yeah. forever. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm gonna go halfway, but there's no credible proof that it happened.
0: Yeah, I wish there was. Yeah. I would love that to be. And I'm I would love to do another episode on di- dimensions, parallel universes, and things that happen that, you know, could be different, like the Mandela effect. I'm sure there are much more stories like this. Yeah. But okay, what ideas do you have? Because this is the best bit. Okay, so urban legend.
1: Yeah. Obviously. Hoax. Yep. Hmm. Now we get on to the harder stuff. <laughs> so alternate dimension, I guess. What else could it have been? Really? You don't believe in the time travel thing? I don't think that the time travel thing would make very much sense. Because I think they would have noticed like a change in his language. Or he would have noticed a change in our language. Because if we have gone far enough into the future that Andorra has just been completely renamed, he would notice old timey language being used you know what I mean or like different accents being used like if we went back even just 80 years into Britain we would hear like stiff upper lip you know and the clothing would be completely different I don't understand why he would be just confused and angry when they questioned Torred, and why he wouldn't be like why are you wearing that like, are you having a laugh? Because I would think it was a prank. If you were like, where's England? Like, what are you talking about? I'd be like, oh yeah, very funny. You're dressed like an old person, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess the you could argue, I know it sounds a bit stupid, but he's not from Japan. He only goes once a year. Yeah, but if he's been a lot. True, he yeah, speaks fluent like, Japanese. Yeah, I guess you'd be like, why is this airport so old now? It was not like this last year. Exactly. Like, why have you de-renovated it? <laughs> what do you? <laughs> it's vintage now. What do you think about the idea that he came back in time just to mess with us? I think it's possible,
1: but why would he get so angry?
0: Yeah, why would I feel like why would you bother if you were going to travel back in time thousands of years and you for for a prank solely? Surely you'd do something better. Also, <laughs> why would you Japanese pick then? Temple. Why
1: would you not pick a historical moment? You know, and why would you go to a Japanese? airport yeah but I guess time travel could be a thing possibly so I'll put it on as an idea okay maybe right this one's really far-fetched I'm excited though maybe he had grown up being told he was from Torred and that it was a place right and that he had been and done all of these things and like he'd, like his parent had manipulated his mind, I suppose. So imagine if I had a kid, right? And I spoke to them in an American accent and they grew up with an American accent and then they hit 21 and I was like ha! Pranked! I'm British. But, it's like you're from Torred. This is Torrid, Isn't it lovely? Let's go to the Torrid town and get some Torred bread. Right?
0: Yeah. This is a fun theory. Are you, going, are you going further with this? Well,
1: I don't see that much more needs explaining.
0: But it says on his passport that he's from Torad. He yeah, just but telling you could people. have...
1: Like, I didn't buy a passport when I was born.
0: <laughs> but surely this wouldn't be the first time people are like... Because it's been stamped. Yeah, but maybe his parents were just like, they only let Jap- like, you into Japan
1: if you've said you've been before. You know?
0: But it still wouldn't matter if you went into Japan and you were like, I've been before and they were like, This country doesn't exist. This would still happen. Yeah, but that's why he would get angry. Because he's like, Yes, it does. I've been there my
1: whole life because he doesn't know any better.
0: Okay. I don't know how credible that one is, but it it's very interesting. Oh, okay, but time well, travel is better. Come on. There no, are some I, weird people out I there. I think that if it wasn't an urban legend, it would be alternate dimensions. And he just fell in. And that's why he disappeared because he just slipped back into his regular reality. Also, how frustrating, if that did happen, would you be? How, how annoyed would you be if you woke up and you went outside and it was completely a normal hotel and they were like, oh, you're from Torrid, cool, and just let you through? You'd be like, what? <laughs> Why did you keep me here then? Why were you guys pranking me? Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I, that's all I've got, really. I think that if this man existed, it would be just as confusing for him as it was be for us. Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. You got anything else? (laughs) No, I was just writing parental lies. No, I think that's
1: everything. (laughs) Parental lies. Name of my band. Well, if you enjoyed the show, go rate us over on iTunes. Hopefully five stars.
0: Yeah, it would be very, very helpful if you did that. And if you can't support us financially, then please follow us on social media because it really does help. We love to see what you have to say.
1: And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed.